We're independent. I do not answer to Saudi Arabia. I do not answer the MBS. Let's just get that straight. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Bunker Podcast in association with Callaway. Michael McEwen here. Thank you very much for tuning in. First things first, an apology. We've not done a podcast for three weeks. Good reasons for that. Is it three weeks? Three weeks, yeah. Can you believe that? We had the magazine going to print. I was in on holiday last week. We're back this week. So, sorry about that. What can I say? <laughs> we couldn't be bothered. And I was ill yesterday. I was in my sick bed the entire day yesterday. I should probably still be there. Hence why I sound probably yeah. not my clearest coherent self. I'm ill today. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. We'll come on to that in a second though. But thank you for returning, coming back and joining us on the Bunker Podcast. Much appreciated. There is a lot to get through. It's a major championship week. USPGA taking place at Southern Hills, getting underway this coming Thursday. And there's a small matter of, I don't know if you're, you've heard of this, but something called the Live Golf Invitational Series, which is making a little bit of noise. Sounds promising. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Sitting opposite me, as he always is, you've heard him already, Bunkered Editor Bryce Ritchie. Good morning, Squire. How are you? I'm, I'm actually in, I'm on a lot of pain. Yeah. I went to the gym last night for the first time in five months and I think I'm going to die. Right. I'm not going to make it. So what were you doing? I was doing a new five by five workout. Sounds terrible. Let's I move know. on. Why are, you, why are you going back to the gym suddenly? Because I'm a fat git. I'm getting a dad belly. Right. So, um, but you yeah. are a dad. And you True, are almost 50. I want to... I want to look sexy. <laughs> so you're vain. That's <laughs> yes. that's what it's come down to. It's no, vanity. it's just terrible. I just had everything's going bad. I'm Four, forty-four, I think. And I, yeah, I need to. So I went to the gym last night, I, and I was only in the gym. Honestly, I was in the gym for about thirty-five minutes. Oh, really? And then I couldn't walk up the stairs no way out because I've got legs like matchsticks. So doing any squats <laughs> is just horrendous. Squats. Couldn't move. Oh, I would pay good money to see you doing squats. So you're suffering. Suffering. I know all about suffering. I know you're not well, are you? I'm not well. Um, did you pick I, it up in Disneyland? I think I did actually. Yeah. So I've done two COVID tests just in case there's one of those. Do people looking, do those anymore? Uh, yeah, apparently. But in case, you know, the girls get that person that's listening going, you shouldn't be there and they're probably not two metres apart. That's a disgrace. Stay home, save lives, protect them. So to be clear, I've done two tests. I am negative. I think it's just the flu. Okay. If that even Man exists flu. anymore. It can't be the flu. If it was the flu, you'd be in your bed. I was in my bed yesterday. I know, but... I'm only here because I'm a diligent, you were working, conscientious soul. And you were working last night as well, so you don't work on your when you're off sick. No, you so. do, because, you know, I'm conscientious and I care. So. Yeah, I And someone's got to. I know. Let's face it, you're I sitting wasn't. home at home at the... No. You know, putting your feet up, watching telly. I was going, watching oh, I was... reruns of Eurovision last night. <laughs> Why are you watching reruns of Eurovision? I don't know, because, well, Spain. Got you. Yep. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Fair point. So... Yeah, I'm I'm struggling somewhat. I do think it was Euro Disney. I was there last week. You know this. Listeners might not. Got a wee four-year-old who is obsessed with all things Disney. So we took her to Paris for our first trip overseas. And she met Mickey Mouse, Goofy, Woody, Buzz, the whole lot. Brilliant time. And I've got to tell you this, right? You know, I was a little bit sceptical before I went. That is the greatest place on earth. It's the happiest, most joyous, most brilliant is place. It, does it, is it one of those places that plays the loud music outside? It has music on all the time. Yeah. It's not especially loud, but yeah. there's always music on. Universal in the States plays that music, and it's just deafening. <laughs> and it's to create, I, I've looked into it, it's to create an atmosphere where you're constantly engaged. Oh, really? So you never get bored. The music is, a, is deliberate. My God. I think they should play it at DP World events. Might liven them up a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine, you know, 6am and all that sort of stuff? <laughs> I know, but it is, it's amazing. DJ Sammy at the Sudal Yeah, I mean. But no, it was absolutely tremendous. I am suffering for it now, though. And I've, oh. my joints are aching. Not because I've been to the gym, but carrying the wee one around in my shoulders the whole time. So she could get a You'll have caught it in the plane. Most likely. Great place to catch disease. <laughs> that and swimming pools. Oh, God, I don't I actually agree with public swimming pools, but there we go. Ooh, controversial. I feel yeah. like labouring that point, but let's move on. Because there's much to, much to discuss. You will have noticed, dear listener, right at the very top of the show there, I mentioned that we are now coming to you in association with Callaway. 
absolutely delighted to have them on board as a title sponsor of the podcast. Brilliant scenes. I, I, it's just awesome. I mean, you look at the people that they work with, John Ram and Xander Schofield. And now and us. Like, and, and now the Bunker podcast. Yep. So it's big for them, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but we're delighted to have Callaway on board. Great to, to be working with them. Fantastic brand, make great products. And they've obviously seen something in this podcast they like. Do not worry. We're not going to go all Joe Rogan on you and start doing 12-minute monologues about how their Rogue ST driver is great. <laughs> They'll just be eight minutes. <laughs> It is a great driver, by the way. But Callaway understand why you're listening to the podcast. They're not wanting to commercialise it mentally. So thank you to them for, for coming on board. And we're looking forward Super to what the next few months have in store. A little bit of other news before we get into the golf news. And we've only gone and bloody done it again. <laughs> now, this is going back a couple of weeks. But we have successfully defended... Our Publisher Podcast Award. We are the best sport podcast in the UK for the second year in a row. We were not expecting this. No, were we? we weren't. We were so <laughs> not expecting it that we didn't go to the ceremony. Yes. <laughs> it was down in London and we just decided, you know what? We've won it once. I'm sure that we won't win it again. But we did. We and did. we're absolutely Check delighted. us. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's all thanks to our listeners. It is. Because without you, it would just be two mid one middle-aged man and me <laughs> sitting in our little room, soundproofed, shouting at each other every week. So, no, yeah. seriously, thank you very much for listening to us, whether you're a first-time listener to this episode, a long-time listener, whatever. We massively, genuinely appreciate it, and we wouldn't be getting these accolades if it wasn't for you guys. So, thank you very much indeed. Try and make it a hat-trick next year. See how that goes. Let's not I want another one this year. Yeah. Why not? So Why not in it's May? It is. There's a lot of year left. A lot of year left. This is weird with swap seats. It's not. Uh, this is <sighs> freaking me out. I'm now looking into the Pure Radio studio and I don't usually get to do that. The only thing I've got to look at is your mug. I know. But now I've got Robin Galloway's mug as well. Yeah. Robin seems in a good mood this week. I, yeah, can't, I can't think why. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait for tomorrow night. And Thursday night, for that matter. Whilst everyone else is going to be watching the first round of the USPJ, and I'll see bits and pieces, I'm going to a charity premiere of Top Gun. So, <laughs> I've got my priorities in order, as yeah, you can tell. Just, uh, it's just an interesting one, that. A week before it goes in general release, IMAX, 4DX. I mean, are you kidding me? Why would I not go? So, enjoy the first round, Bryce. Brilliant. But we'll come on to the, the USPGA very soon. First and foremost, let us talk about the Live Golf Invitational Series. Again. Again. What a week. I was trying my best not to look at my phone when I was at Euro Disney. So much so I left it in the hotel room and when we went out into the park. And each night when I came back, I had a glance and... It was just filled with Twitter going Rah! about Live Golf. Because Greg Norman did a press junket in the UK last week, as I'm sure you'll have seen. Full details on the Bunkered website. And it didn't probably go the way he was anticipating. Amongst other things, <laughs> Amnesty International <laughs> had a pop at him. It's not great, is it? It's not great, but you can see where they're coming from. Norman has been, for my money, quite good when he's been on script as far as Live Golf goes. The interview that he did with us back in March when the new tour was formally announced was quite good because he had his answers, I think, prepared. To recap, we didn't let him see the questions, but yep. he obviously had an idea of what to expect, so he was prepared. When he goes off script, it seems to go rather badly wrong as it did last week when he was asked about Saudi Arabia's human rights record, the killing of Jamal Khashoggi, etc. And he said, well, we all make mistakes. <sighs> right. Don't really know what to make of that, but Amnesty International do, and they called him wrong, misguided, and yeah, let's just say it hasn't made the best of noise or perhaps created the PR that he was hoping to create ahead of next month's first event. Bryce, your thoughts first and foremost on how that went. Do I, do I really? 
<laughs> Are you actually asking I'm me that? sorry. I'm sorry. I have to. Like, listen, it wasn't... You're absolutely bang on. It went off script a bit. And the uh, the facts that he actually spoke f- for quite a long time and no one really remembers anything else he said apart from that half sentence. So that kind of says it all. And I'm, I'll be honest, a lot of people were looking for him to trip up and say something like that. And he did. And I actually thought that's a trap that he wouldn't fall into because we've come all this way without him really having to address that in any way directly. Mm -hmm. Then he did. And he sort of stuck his foot in his mouth. (laughs) It was a bit of a car crash, wasn't it? It was. How's he going to get around that? And, And it was meant to be a PR move and it backfired. He's gone from saying that... he. Some of the things he said with uh, his interview with Jamie Weir from Sky, mm-hmm. I thought Jamie's questions were exceptional. Did a great job. Did a great job. And Jamie did a great job interviewing Lee Westwood as well. Didn't hold back. Wasn't aggressive in any way. Just asked the questions that most of us are thinking. And he didn't really... I don't think he came across very well in the interview either. I think he's now... He's now I think he's under stress. Norman is yeah, to get this out, to get it working, because it's not happened yet. Mm-hmm. We still don't have anything yet. Still no players. Still no players. And I think that the fact that they gave players, was it 48 hours to reply, does not help in their case. I said this, I didn't think this would work. And there's a long way to go because this is just the beginning. But it doesn't look very promising to me so far. I think what we're seeing is that anyone can set up a tournament or a tour. They can talk about all their plans, where they want to stage it, all the little things around the periphery of the tournament itself. It doesn't matter a jot if you don't have players. And at this moment in time, as we sit here, it may be different behind the scenes. Maybe there are agreements, but there is nothing publicly confirmed about who is playing in that event. And it's in three weeks. And you would have to say there's a reason why they've not confirmed about who's playing in it. Why would you buy tickets for something you don't know who's playing? Mm-hmm. I suspect there's a reason why they haven't announced the players because the tours haven't decided how they're going to sanction players who have agreed to play. Yeah, That's why they're all... like Somebody like Ricky Fowler wants to be involved. Like, Let's look at Ricky Fowler. His career has stalled. His career's not over. Let's not be stupid. His career's not over, but it's stalled. He's going through a sticky patch. Playing somewhere new in a new environment might reignite something in him, might give him something fresh to look at. He's still sitting in the fence. (laughs) There's quite a few players that have said no, and some of them are still sitting in the fence. Lee Westwood's interview where... Jamie said, you know, what, what do you... Which I thought was quite telling because nobody wants to say anything. Jamie asked him, where do you uh, stand if, if you play in this? And the tour say that that's it. The Ryder Cup captaincy is no longer an option for you. Where do you stand with that? He refused to answer the question. He basically said, well, that's the tours or something to, up to the tour to decide. It's nothing to do with me. Uh, that's for the tour to decide. Yeah, that's a cop-out that, answer. That's a cop-out answer. Again, sitting on the fence. Why are they sitting on the fence? Because I don't think the two major bodies in this that have got the biggest influence over what the future will hold have yet to make up their minds. About what the sanctions would be. Yes. Yeah, so let's come on to that a bit more detail in a second because it's an important point. It's a good point. I want to just stick on Norman briefly. People are, it feels to me they're really rounding on Greg Norman just now. Phil Mickelson, who again we'll come to a little bit later on, is getting rather a lot of support and he has said some even more, arguably, inflammatory things than Greg Norman said last week. Phil's getting support from his fellow players and from fans in a way that Greg Norman's not, which is a strange one. Is it a double standard? I don't know. We saw Wayne Grady on Facebook at the weekend, fellow Australian, another major winner. He did call out Norman before, around about the time of his divorce from his first wife, and his, the start of his relationship with tennis player Chris Evert. Grady has spoken out against Norman previously, so I don't know just how much the other oh, great friends chat is true. I think maybe they were. I'm not sure they are so much anymore. I think whatever friendship they had is now gone with the, the, <laughs> the, the, the remarks that Grady made. Signing off his 
pretty lengthy post. You can read full details again on the website with a GFY shark, which I gather from internet slang websites means go yourself. Incredible language to use, but shows the depth of passion, the depth of animosity that people feel towards Greg Norman for what he's championing. <laughs> it's quite sad to see this happen to someone who has for so long been such an influential, important Absolutely. figure in the game. Greg Norman was my hero when I was a wee boy. Is he now still? Is it has all this changed how you feel about of him? Of course, it's changed the way the way he thinks and the way he's going about things. But I absolutely loved Greg Norman when I was a kid. That guy was the man. And he just was, he had a, just a stature above most other players. But I just, I don't understand. I just, I, I still can't understand why he's bothering. Now, I do think there's obviously a lot of, not hatred, but he's got a, clearly got a bee in his bonnet against, it would appear to be American golf. Or a PG, an American the PGA tour, tour, a think, PGA yeah. tour, and maybe not so much the European tour, but he has always championed the cause for a world tour. And this appears to be his only route to trying to get it done because these people have unlimitless funds. Yes. So he's obviously thinking, if, if the only way I can ever get this done is with them, I'll have to take my chance. But why? Why bother? It Why? was different in 1994, because you're right, we've been here before. Yeah. Back then, Greg Norman was the world number six, I think he was, when he went public with his plans for the world tour, as it was then. He had tournament executives working alongside him. He had Rupert Murdoch and Fox Network's support. Their pockets obviously weren't as deep as the Saudi pockets are, we know that. But they were influential but they figures. Were influential. Yeah. And the parallels between what the Live Golf Invitational Series currently looks like and what Norman, etc. were proposing in 94, they are stark. I mean, it is extraordinary how similar I think the it's two because are. So we have been down this road before. The difference then was that Greg Norman was a player. He was a relevant uh, player and he had a stake, a foot right in the middle of the game. Of course he wanted to improve his own world. But he's nearly 70 now. Uh -huh. He's been gone from the game I do, for a very I, long I, time. I agree with that. I do think, why just go and ch go chill out on the beach? You? But he's a businessman. He's got ter determination mm -hmm. runs through his veins, veins to be successful. So is but it a spite, maybe, to, to uh, finally oh, get one over the PGA 100%, I think that. That's what I think this is. But I do agree. You know, the people who support live and the concept of what they're trying to do... Um, and they're calling out the hypocrisy of others who are criticising it. I actually agree with that as well. You know, if you look at the head of the L.E.T., she said that the tour's in a stronger place now than it was before it went into the pandemic. And they're thankful for the events and the stages that they brought out with backing of Saudi money. The Aramco team series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, And the players have all bought into that. All the best players in the world will play in that. And it's huge amounts of money. So there were, if you remember this, right, Carly Booth won an event in the L.E.T. about five years ago, six years ago. I think she won £18,000. They're playing for a million pounds in these events now. So the money has transformed the European Tour, the ladies' European Tour, absolutely transformed it. In the same way the money would transform the lives of Martin Keimer if he's playing in this event. Same type of thing. The The scale of the wealth is different, but the magnitude of it's the same in the grander scheme of things. But there was no outrage at the ladies. Very, I remember Charlie Hull getting a bit of abuse on Twitter for doing it. That's it. I don't really remember anything else. So where is the difference? The difference I, I is because it's mainstream men's golf. Correct. No one wants to say this out loud. It's different when it's men's golf. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that shows... That, because that, it appears the to lack be bigger of reaction, and better. The lack of reaction uh -huh. says more about women's golf than it does about anything else and where it's coming Sadly, at. that's true. But we're, we're in a situation now where this is going to be the future. You know, you look at what's happened to Newcastle. Mm -hmm. There's money, the Saudi money all over football. It's... It's very difficult to say, well, that's terrible, you know, because of their, their human rights record. 
Well, you could argue that all over the place. You could argue that with Dubai. All the hotels built in Dubai. You could argue that with China. There's some people that argue that with the British government and the American government. So where are we drawing the line with this? Do I think it's, obviously, do I think it's right? With it? well, Of course not. I think what they've done is horrific. But <laughs> this is the modern world. There's always going to, money has to come from somewhere. And it's up to players to choose whether they want to be involved in it. And if they want to do that, they have to take the consequences of that. Mm -hmm. It does look as though, I got the impression from Lee Westwood's interview that that he was looking to play in it, blah, blah, blah. But what's worried me was I got the impression that he could not care less what some people thought of it. Yeah, That's slightly weird. I'd if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna jump ship and join it, at least have something to say about it. Mm -hmm. But to just dismiss it almost entirely and and stick two fingers up to the people who disagree with you, I thought was a bit strange. Shows a detachment from reality. And one thing I'm not a huge fan of is the like Phil's main argument was that he wanted to change the tour. He didn't like the tour. Thought the bullshit. Tour, exactly. Thought the tour where not serving the players, taking their digital revenue, and there's Ricky Fowler. Does he think the the PGA Tour could be better? Where was Ricky Fowler three years ago? I don't exactly. I don't believe Ricky Fowler was doing interviews saying you know he thinks the tour could be a lot better. What's he talking about? But now all of a sudden someone's floating a check in front of your face and you're going, oh, I quite like the look of that check. I better think of a reason to take it. Oh, it's because yeah. the tour shit. You know, actually, Get I don't. They have. Videos on YouTube that I don't make, you know, four grand off. So that's true in every single sport. Uh huh. You know, I'm, know. I've not seen LeBron James going to the NBA commissioner's office and saying, "By the way, I am single-handedly the biggest player." In it's this almost sport. as if going to give me some money. It's almost as if outwardly, some people out with golf have realised the amount of money that's in golf these days on PGA Tour golf these days, and have said, "I quite fancy that," mm -hmm. because the Premier Golf League are the same. It's all about money. Their letter to the players was all about money. It was about nothing else. It was about money. And that's what the that's what the Super League football was about. Money. Fans hated it. The funny thing is the difference between the Super League football and this is that fans follow football teams. Yes. Fans in golf follow tours, I suppose, yes. and follow players. Fans are much They're more influential in football. Correct. Alan Shipnick. On the Fire Pit Collective, he is reporting that Greg Norman's job as CEO of Live Golf is already on a sugarly peg, to use a Scottish expression, that there are rumblings and rumours that he may be shown the door already. Do you think so? Honestly, no idea. Absolutely no idea. Who else are going to get to do that job? Well, that's it. Isn't it? it would toxic then, position, doesn't it? Toxic position. They then have to be a businessman that would do that. But the fact is, they're trying to start something and they've got nothing nothing to really well, to go with. Well, this is So far, all they've got are venues, a website, tickets for sale, and a plan. Tickets are not... I mean, the tickets <laughs> for sale is fine, but they're not that far off more being oh, as yeah. expensive as open tickets. Oh, so. exactly. So from their point of view, I wonder if the... I'm putting words in their mouth now, but the, the people who are bankrolling the, the Live Golf organisation... They might be looking at the noise that's been created the past few weeks by Norman and going, yeah, don't like that kind of publicity. We were expecting better. We were expecting different. We thought he had more clout, more sway with the players. Perhaps he doesn't. So I can understand where Alan's coming from with that. And he did say that it was a very prominent player agent that had told him that. So I'm inclined to believe it's the case, but who knows? We'll, we'll see where that one goes. Jack Nicholas. In a different piece in the Fire Pit Collective, this time with Michael Bamberger, said that he turned down in excess of $100 million from the Saudis to basically do Greg Norman's job. I would imagine this was before Norman was appointed, although the timeline's a bit hazy. Jack Nicholas offered $100 million and turned it down twice, I hasten to add. I think that's quite revealing in and of itself. They wanted the greatest golfer of all time and they just couldn't buy him. Why? Because he's loyal. He's pledged fealty to the PGA Tour. That shows the power, I think, of the PGA Tour, which may have been underestimated. Absolutely. But we have still to see, this is what I find interesting, we've still to see the 
true wrath of the tour on this. Mm-hmm. Heard mumblings behind the scenes. They haven't actually done anything yet. That's quite telling. I think it will be very interesting when, if this tour event, whatever, comes to the States and who's playing in it. I think the tour would maybe go as the one in England. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And yet when it they comes didn't, to they their, block those releases yeah. for that event, which nobody saw coming. They expected them to uh-huh. say, first event, England, fine. Uh-huh. And they didn't. No. So it would be very interesting to see what happens when it comes on to their doorstep. Yeah, sure will. Plans for the first of these events scheduled to take place at Centurion, as I say, in three weeks' time. They were also revealed last week, but it was all kind of lost in the melee of what Norman said. So I don't know if people have necessarily noticed what they're planning to do, but they've got all kinds of things going on on the periphery of the tournament. I think, I'll be honest, I think it looks quite yeah, interesting. Yeah. It looks quite cool. Yeah. You've got street performers. You also have London Black Cabs taking players to the first tee because it's a shotgun start. I've seen some people scoff at that because in my and the reason I think they're doing that is because it's different. Mm-hmm. You don't get that anywhere else. Exactly. But why should Live Golf show up with a tour that is a carbon exactly copy of the Exactly the same PGA as what's tour? there already. Absolutely. Bang that on. defeats the purpose. Of so I think that's quite interesting. I th- I make, to me, it makes it sound a bit more fun. It makes me more intrigued to see what's going to happen with it. So what were your thoughts? What did you think of the, the plans that they revealed? No, I th- absolutely bang on. It did look, I, I saw some of the, what would you call it? Branding artwork behind the tees and stuff. And it looked... <laughs> Like a big deal. Yeah, uh, I know that some people were slating that and so on, but uh, that's fine. No, I, I, the black cabs seemed a bit silly, but to be honest, if they did that with the British Masters, I think I fair play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So why not? It cannot be. This whole thing has to be different to what's already on the on the scene yeah. for golfers and for spectators. And it looks like they've put in a, a bit of an effort to make that tournament something special. They just need some players to play in it. Well, we'll see who does. And as you say, the PGA Tour blocking the releases. They haven't disclosed what the sanctions are going to be. Evidently, they haven't disclosed those to the players. Ricky Fowler hinting as much in his press conference yesterday. (laughs) The good thing is that they're playing a clever game tour because they can just keep that going for another week and then say, we'll let you know in 14 days what you're... And then it'll be too late. Yes, exactly. So they're shafting the live golf people, but what do you you expect them to do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're playing their cards very close to their chest and nobody should necessarily be surprised by that. Fascinating times as ever. I suspect there will be more chat about the live golf invitational series in the coming weeks on this podcast. Loads more to come after the break. Stay tuned for our US PGA preview on the Bunker Podcast in association with Callum. When we think speed, we think about speed tuning every aspect of the new Rogue ST drivers. Really? I just think about hitting bombs. Yeah, past him. When we think total power, we think of our tungsten speed cartridge. A what speed cartridge? I don't know, but I like what it does. When we think max distance, we think... Oh, that's bomb! With our fastest, most stable driver ever, there's only one thing you'll think about. Nastier bombs. Think speed. Go rogue with Callaway, the kings of distance. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway. Thank you very much for tuning in. USPGA week is upon us. You would never know that, though, if you picked up the new edition of Bunkered's. The latest issue has hit the newsstands, it's hit doormats of our subscribers and we are concentrating on the US Open taking place next month. Loads of great content in there. If you want to take out a subscription, you can just go to the Bunkered website and there are full details there of our latest offers and the incentives that you can get if you take out a sub. And yes, we do offer international subscriptions as well. So if you're listening in Ghana, as in I Ghana, you are, yep. then you can get even more from us if you take out a subscription. Yeah. We highly recommend that you do. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been dancing in the streets of ACTA with the latest award win. I'm absolutely certain of it. Oh, <laughs> oh, love those listeners. 
Anyway. All three of them. <laughs> they all count. They all Damn count. Damn right they do. Exactly. One household, three listeners. It's fine. We're good with that. Anyway, he's not been on the show for quite some time. Delighted to bring him back. Bunkered Golf Breaks General Manager Craig Stevenson. Hello there. Hello there, gents. How are you doing today? Awful. Struggling with the cold. Not happy at all. Bryce, as he mentioned earlier, is just struggling generally because he's an old man trying to go to the gym. We're not in a good place, Craig. We're hoping that you can bring the energy to the, the second half of the show. If you like. <laughs> well, I can certainly do that. I'm feeling fit as a fiddle at the moment. And, and obviously everything at Bunker Golf Rex is doing uh, swimmingly well at this moment. But as time. a fiddle, have you been on holiday again by any chance? I know I have not been. I've, oh, been working very, I've been working very, very hard. It's probably one of the reasons why I've not actually been able to get out to the podcast for uh, for a little while. But um, look, I'm going over to Spain next week, so I suppose that can count as uh, that's with work, though. So, uh, but I, I know you like to talk about my holidays. <laughs> All of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to Spain next week. I wish I was in Spain this week. So that's fine. It is what it is. But listen, you are on to tell us about uh, a new initiative that you're running through Bunker Golf Breaks, the the Freedom Pass. Tell us a little bit more about that. What's the deal? What can customers expect to get? I am, yes, the Freedom Pass. Um, This is a new initiative that that we brought forward um, this very, very week. Um, It actually went out uh, into the magazine uh, which is a great addition, by the way. I was reading it last night while I was in bed. Thanks very uh, much. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, there's some great writing in there, as it always is. Um, but, yes, the Freedom Pass, I think you, if you remember, we were at Bunkered Live only a matter of weeks ago. Uh, and, and the great thing about being at Bunkered Live is that you actually get to meet customers face-to-face. Uh, we get lots of people, obviously, that go on our... Uh, on our golf holidays and that's what we specialize in and we'll always continue to do so but there are some people that came up to us and said you know is there any opportunity where we can kind of do a break but we don't necessarily have to stay overnight and it got me thinking about the possibility of being able to do that for people so this is where the freedom pass came from so we've actually uh, launched our very first one uh, it's going to be based in the Fife and Angus area so the Fife and Angus freedom pass and essentially you get the opportunity to buy uh, a pass for three courses or for four courses so uh, three rounds of golf or four rounds of golf. Uh, three rounds of golf is £175 and four rounds of golf is £220. So the difference here, no accommodation included. But the beauty of it, and because we call it the Freedom Pass, is that you can actually play your golf when you want to play. Obviously subject to availability, of course availability, of course, but um, you can you don't have to play in the in the same days or the same order of days. You can you know maybe take one next month or maybe take one in three months time. Um, but essentially most of the golf that we have is available right the way through to March of next year so the end of March next year Uh, but the best thing about it is the quality of courses that are involved so you can play at the Dukes, Dromoig, Montrose 1562, uh, Arbor of Golf Course, Downfield Golf Club, which is a cracker, and Leven Links as well. That's all for the price of £175 for three rounds or £220 for four rounds. Now, this is a saving of up to 50% off, depending obviously at the time of year that you actually play. And then in addition to all, if you want to actually play Panmure, which I recommend anyone does, uh, then you do have the option to be able to upgrade your pass uh, for an extra £45 to put Pamio as one of your choices. So you still get three of the four course pass, but you can actually upgrade But for another £45 to put Pamio in as one of your choices as well. Uh, all the terms and conditions are on our website and also inside the magazine as well, uh, but it's very, very straightforward. Um, we launched it literally yesterday and we sold a bucket load already. Excellent. That's great to hear. Very encouraging. So the website, BunkeredGolfBreaks.com. As Craig says, if you are a reader of Bunkered Magazine, then you can get details in there as well. So great stuff. Off to Spain next week, you said. So enjoy that. I'm I'm sure you'll find a way. What a hardship. (laughs) What a hardship it is. It's, it's, It's all work. And I think the fact that I'm going over to Spain might give a little bit of an insight to uh, to your listeners as to where we're going next. Oh, you tease. What an absolute <laughs> tease. Well, listen, enjoy that. Great work with the, the Freedom Pass. And I'm sure that they are going to be hugely popular, hugely successful and bring in loads and loads of money. So well done, Craig. Excellent stuff. And we'll catch up with you soon. 
Fantastic. Take care, gents. Cheers, Craig. Great stuff there from Craig. As I say, check out bunkergolfbreaks.com for full details on the Freedom Pass. And indeed, all of the other breaks that they've got, they've got some brilliant packages on just now. And as you probably noticed, we're getting pretty close to the height of summer. If you haven't booked a golf break yet, now is the time. Anyway, we've been promising this all show. US PGA Championship preview. The second men's major of the season taking place this week at Southern Hills Country Club in Oklahoma. First up, Bryce, scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for this week? And be honest. I'm probably at uh, a strong 7. Right, I'll be honest, that is one more than I thought. Yeah, like maybe 7.6. Because there's just, all the chat has been about live and Mm -hmm. kind of stories on the periphery of the tournament. I think tomorrow... I'll be excited. Yeah, I like the PGA. Don't care what anyone says. I, I like the PGA. It's a major championship. It's going to be good. Some big names, big all story playing lines. well. Big storylines, big names. Tigers, but Tigers back. I think alone that will be fun watching that. Yep. As I should say, as as we're recording this, it is Tuesday morning. I am. I'm between a six and a seven. Which isn't unusual for the PGA. You're not a big fan, are you? I I like it. It's a major championship. Is it because they don't provide you merch? (laughs) It's because you don't send me. How many people walked up to you at Eurovision and said, I like your hat? At Euro Disney. Euro Disney. I've got got Spain in the head, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go down and watch that again. She should have won. Brilliant. Absolutely. The public public let her down. Oh, no. I mean, this her song was amazing. Yeah. She was singing. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, look, um, uh, to answer your question, one person, there was one guy as we were getting on one of the boat rides, he went, Misters, Augusta? I was like, that's right. Take yeah. it, he was French, yeah. Well, most people are in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Do that accent again? No. <laughs> so... Uh. Yeah, one person noticed my hat. I've, look, it's, I've got to help out that wee tournament with its marketing. I've got to tell the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I'm, I'm spreading the word. You're part of the street team. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, the, the, the USPGA, it's the fourth biggest event in golf, as far as I'm concerned. Don't care what anybody says. That's not a bad thing. There are hundreds, if not thousands We'd of events in golf. would rather be the fourth than the fifth. Correct. Exactly. Which is, of course, the Scottish Open. The six being the players. That could get messy. I'm going to move on swiftly. I am a six or a seven right now, and I usually am at this point. That's very different to the Masters, where on a Tuesday morning, I'm nine pushing nine and a half. The Open, nine pushing nine and a half. US Open, eight to nine. I really, I, I think I'm glad we're in a getting, lot of detail. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad we're getting the scale of your uh, excitement. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, this is probably the most pointless content in a podcast ever and the US Open usually be 8.4 <laughs> Callaway must be thrilled yeah they've got to signed up for this guff but it's I'm, I'm sure I'll be excited come Thursday after I've been to see Top Gun Maverick and I go home and I see the Tigers leading it's, it, it, it's an event that gets better as the week goes on you know what I mean it, it always starts quite quiet quite slow and then it gets better and better as opposed to Masters. I think it'll Open, be good this, which are big throughout. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be good this year because the course is going to potentially have quite a big story, a big, big part to play in what the story will be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it seems it should be quite good. I'm hearing rumours that it could be a bit of low scoring because there's, they took out all the trees. So Gil Hanstead he said, uh, well, re- we'll do it. Was it a historic renovation? Yes. Historic renovation where he basically obliterated the place. <laughs> I thought... All those trees, yeah, get them gone. Get them felled. <laughs> so I think I've never heard such complete pish in all my life as a historic renovation. It's like, that's complete garbage. You have, you have ripped out 300 trees. And the other historic renovation is he did that uh, he took away all the rough. I mean, so we've, but this is the PGA. The PGA has no, it has no identity. Correct. 100% and that's, correct. that's the big thing about the PGA. And I I think, did they not play a PGA, is it Baltusrol, where the rough was nuts? 
when Jimmy Walker won and it was wet that year. Yeah, and the rough was crazy. And they have had a couple of PGAs where the rough has been brutal, mm-hmm. like a US Open setup. Or Baltusrol, actually, no, was that not Kepka? Can't remember. But that's not what. Uh, that's, that's not, not a PGA. Is no, we don't. But, but what is a PGA? Don't know. Nobody knows. It's like I know it's not a US Open. I know it's not the yeah. Open. I know it's not. The but Masters. it's like they're still deciding whether what the, what yeah. their what their line is. It was like Glory's last chance or some crap like that. But and then this is major. Remember oh, that this is major. I mean, if you have to tell people that it's a major, you're in trouble. Exactly. So no, I um, I think the course will be interesting. I think Southern Hills looks. Sensational It does yeah. We're slagging off Gil Hans Take it back He has done a great job But The the PR about What they were doing Is drivel But it, It's a phenomenal The job. end result is The end result good. Is rather good It looks great um, What kind of championship Are you expecting then? So you said Low scoring is a possibility Well I, th- I think uh, That's the rumours I, I think it's going to be It's going to have the opportunity to, to go low Because they've taken The rough Outside of the side of the greens mm. but the targets are small so it'll suit an iron player mm. but the fact is that you can relatively spray it mm-hmm. and you should be alright it's funny I saw Duncan Carey who is a listener to the pod he is one of the great stats gurus for golf he's worked a lot with Ryder Cup teams in recent years did he work with the last one? no he didn't thank god that may be part of the reason that they didn't do as well quite possibly quite possibly Duncan knows his stuff and he was saying that from what he's seen heard and gathered this is well he didn't work with <laughs> <laughs> edit, edit 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 he said uh, you need somebody who's aggressive off the tee good from uh, 175 to 225 yards in who's basically a good long iron player someone who is creative around the greens got a bit of imagination and then someone who is going to hole out putts from six to ten feet. I'm reading through the list. I'm going, that's Justin Thomas. That's Justin Thomas. That's Justin Thomas. And I get to putting and I'm like, that's not Justin Thomas. Yeah. But all it takes is one hot week and you wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see. He, to me, Justin Thomas is a classic USPGA winner. Not because he's won it once, but because it feels like that's the one he should win. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll come to, to picks in a second. But as I mentioned, there are lots of good storylines. Let's deal with the big one first. Phil Mickelson, defending champion, won't be there. The PGA of America announced the news on Friday. Phil still hasn't said anything to anybody, as far as we're aware. The PGA of America announced on Friday that he is not taking up his spot. Are you surprised, Bryce? Yes, I am. And uh, I'm actually saddened by it as well. I think it would have been great to see Phil back defending. I still can't believe he won that PGA. It's ridiculous that he won that. Crazy, isn't it? That was an absolutely massive achievement and I would like to see him come back and almost get like a lap of honour for doing it. But he's not He's not playing and I cannot figure out why he's not playing. He's either in a really, really bad place or there's something else going on. I have my suspicions. Please pray tell. So, Phil's a clever guy. He's not the cleverest guy in every room, like... But he thinks he is. He thinks he is. But he's a very clever guy. He's shrewd. And he'll know that whenever he makes a return, it's going to be the biggest noise in sport. Never mind golf. The biggest noise in sport that week. If he is going to link up with the Live Golf Series, if that's his plan, if he's getting handsomely paid to do so, He'll know which side his bread's buttered on. It makes sense for him to show up at a live golf event and make the noise for them as opposed to anybody else. Hmm. Brings eyes to a brand new tour, to a brand new tournament. Gets people watching something that they might not otherwise watch purely because it's Phil and they're curious to see how It's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. On top of that, he might not have many sponsors yet. He may still be working on deals in the background for that return. He lost a lot, remember? Yeah, it's not a bad it's not a bad shout. He's just giving up the chance to defend a major. Who does that willingly? I if it was your first strange. time, fine. But Phil's defended majors five times previously. And there is clearly a depth of feeling that he is holding towards certain people, 
in certain organisations. And I'm not saying the Peach of America is one of them. No, they're definitely not. But he, there's a depth of feeling that he clearly has. Well, that I'll say that isn't going anywhere. They right may now. not. They may well be one of the organisations because if they want to truly get rid of Liv, it's the majors and the that's it. World federations that will come together that yeah. that will put the final nail in the coffin. So. They may, you may well have heard rumblings in the background. He's thought, I'm not playing a new event. Possibly, so, yeah. Right, make a good yeah. point. But the event's poorer for it. So true. Spot on. A defending champion should always be there, I think. And as you said, it was incredible what he did last year. It's remarkable even to think now, a year on, he actually bloody did that. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to be there. Unreal. So it's, it's sad. No, no question about that. On a more positive note, Jordan Spieth... <laughs> Here we go again with the career Grand Slam chat. It's always Rory at the Masters, it's Phil at the US Open, and it's becoming Jordan Spieth at the US PGA. I'll be honest, it feels like this is a good opportunity for Jordan, though, because he's in good form. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Listen, could, could, could this be the, history, the, mate? The problem is there are he's one of a number of players at the top of the game that are in good form. Which wasn't the case going into the Masters. No, but he has played some good stuff. And there's no doubt he will be one of the picks. I think the bookies have got him at 16. Now, 16 is pretty good for Jordan Spieth, considering where he was like two, three yeah. years ago. But it almost appears that he is back. And I, I have high hopes for him this week. You need to be a good iron player. And he's been pretty good from the middle of the fairway. Mm-hmm. And as Rich been pointed out in the commentary the other night, he's driving is is good. I still can't stand this pre-shot routine he's got because almost like a full backswing, but it's working. Yeah, exactly. No doubt about it. He's found um, something right now that is paying dividends for him. Absolutely. So why change? Yeah. And th- th- there's a few other players that are, I mean, you would have to say the overwhelming favourite is Scott Scheffler. By miles. Just by miles. So th- there's not a weakness in his game. He says it's one of his favourite golf courses. Yeah, that's right. He's absolutely bang in form. He's the guy that everyone's looking to. And and to be honest, I think we've reached that stage with Scheffler that if he turns up and plays well, he will likely (laughs) win. Mm -hmm. He just seems to be so hot that you can't turn him off. But it feels like that has to end sometime because hot streaks always do. And we always said that and then it doesn't happen. I think, was he won this year three times, four times? It's just... It's Four, ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. So that that's this is a streak that we haven't really experienced since the Tiger days. I can't remember a player being this hot. I think DJ had a bit of a spell, but it wasn't huge. This guy is, in terms of form and confidence, he's ahead of the pack. Mm-hmm. And I expect him to continue that this week. But there's still some other players that are... <laughs> That are in with a shout as well. Rory McIlroy, for example. He, he, yeah, I think he's played once since the Masters finished fifth. Yeah, I um, I just wonder if he's not played enough, but I think Rory's pretty clever in how he wants to get himself set up for the big ones. And um, I'll be honest, I'm expecting a lot from Rory this week because I think it'll be hugely disappointing if he turns up and just fades I think he's playing good golf. I think he's full of confidence. And I think there'll be uh, an element of an opportunity staring him in the face right now to make the hay, basically, while the sun shines. What's the term, Michael? Make hay while the sun shines. That's, that's what I said. Why are you repeating that? <laughs> Again, sorry, Callaway. <laughs> We're not well. <laughs> I I think I think this could be a big week for Rory. The major yeah. trip's got to end sometime soon. And you're right, he has played only once since the Masters and he had a very good finish there, but we can't dismiss what he did at the Masters either. Of course. That was remarkable. So Rory is in, I think, very good form. I think this is a course that could set up well for him. It's it's whether or not he can hit greens. Well, As I you think, rightly say, they are small targets. I think the big thing about big crutch. I think the big thing about Rory is, whilst the American audience isn't a huge fan of Rory at times and he gets slated in social and so on. I think his peers know how good he is. Oh god I. So if Rory comes out the blocks and is all guns blazing in the first round he will be the one to catch Mm -hmm. and I think he will I think that's what he needs I don't think he wants to be chasing too much. 
I think he'll want to be the one out there putting his foot in the ground and saying, right, come get me. Yeah. And I think there'll be that'll be the most intriguing storyline if that happens. I'm actually more than Tiger. I think if Rory can get out there and put a number that everyone will go, Oh, maybe this is maybe this is a turning point. And I tell you what, if he does if he does win, I think he'll explode. Yeah, well, I would like to think so. You're right, Thursday, a lot depends on that. We we all know yeah. Rory struggles in the opening rounds of majors for the last forever, it feels like. You did mention Tiger there. Encouraging reports about how he is playing, how he's moving even at Southern Hills so far. Doesn't seem to be showing quite so many of the same physical strains no, I think he's, at Augusta. I think he said he was fitter than he was going into Augusta. Which you kind of expect. I mean, it's a month further yeah. down the line with his rehab, so he should... And this is the thing, we're going to get a good indication of where Tiger is with his form because he just doesn't really play golf that much. He just Mm. plays in events, he cherry picks where he wants to play. Then we'll get a good indication of how that's going to fit with him because he's going to play this week. He'll then play US Open. I think there's maybe a wee bit of debate whether he'll stick an event in between St Andrews, but to be honest, I I suspect he'll turn up at St Andrews a week early and just enjoy that golf course because that's his biggest opportunity. So... I'm not expecting much from Tiger. What's success this week? Cut. Okay. It's different to Augusta. Yeah. He knows Augusta inside out. This is a new golf course. That's why he's been there for quite a few days. Yeah. He's wanting That's to get, the thing. Like, a lot's made to, of the fact that he was the last person to win the USPJ at Southern Hills. The course was completely different. And I don't think he actually had a very good record at Southern Hills up until that win. Don't think his um, record was especially good. So I suspect that's why he's there. Getting as many reps in as he can, so he reps, feels huge. Nice. Thank you. He feels hugely comfortable on the Thursday. John Ram, another guy in form. He has, of course, won recently. More of that shortly. Justin Thomas, I do think, is an interesting shout. <sighs> Brooks Kepka, so far under the radar, it is untrue. Just do not know what is going on with Brooks. We were talking about that when you were on on Mickey Watch. We were talking about that in the office <laughs> last week. It's like Brooks is. It's a big week for Brooks. Yeah. If he doesn't turn up and um, put in a performance, just think, where's he going? Yeah, not 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 great. Strange. Cannot figure it out. Then you've got Cam Smith. We've not even mentioned him, the players' champ, who did exceptionally well at Augusta. Xander Schofley had his career low round at the weekend. There are a lot of guys, as you rightly say, in good form. Bryson DeChambeau. This is subject to change. Clearly, to remind people, it's Tuesday morning as we record this. But Bryson tweeted last night to say he is on his way to Southern Hills and is going to give it his best shot to play. He'll make a late call on whether or not he does take a tea time or not. It's just over a month since he had pretty major invasive surgery on his hand. How the hell is well, he in a condition to play? Is he po- that, that surgery was meant to sideline him for two months and he's back in half the time. Yeah, he's, he's not posted pictures lately of... His hand, but he's hitting balls. So, yeah, if he comes back, fine. I don't think he's got hope. No, he's been in absolutely rotten form this year as well. I know that injuries haven't helped matters. It's not just the hand. He's had hip injuries to deal with as well. It's rotten form and injuries and lack of competitive time. It's not got hope. And you're showing up against all of the best players in the world. I, I I don't see it either. But fair play to him if he wants to give it a go. I, I, I just still think there's an element of immaturity with Bryson. He said ahead of the Masters that he was playing against the best advice of his doctors, against the advice of his coach, but just felt I had to peg it up. What's the rush? Sit this one out, come back healthier, stronger, a month, two months down the line. I, I don't get it, but good luck to him. And I'll tell you this, it's always a far more interesting golf tournament when Bryson DeChambeau plays oh, yeah. him when he doesn't. The course you mentioned... <laughs> what what you're expecting from that but let me ask you were you expecting the price of beers to be what they are I know what was a what was a beer in in uh, Augusta uh, not even five dollars and not the e- price of the most expensive beer Stella Artois Stella Artois what <laughs> at uh, the USPGA is nineteen dollars nineteen dollars I mean Stella's hyphen it's rotten Nineteen dollars. Michelob, Michelob Ultra is eighteen dollars. Not called Stella. They're import beer. (laughs) Import beer. Americans have absolutely no taste when it comes to lager. What's Michelob? Bud Light. I like Bud Light. Ah, 
a wee chase yourself. Out Coors, there's another one. I, I, honestly, Coors Light. Yeah, that, that is nineteen dollars for a. What in the exchange rate? What is that about? Seventeen dollars. Is it seventeen quid? I, well, give her. I think it's sixteen, fifteen, sixteen pounds. Fifteen, sixteen pounds. That's it's quite steep. But let's take joking aside. <laughs> fifteen quid for a, and it won't even be a pint. <laughs> yeah, it'll be one of the American. It'll pints. be an American pint. So joking aside, that is just taking the piss. Yeah, that's that's something else. That's poor. I genuinely think that's quite poor. That's fleecing fans. I've heard reports that they're maybe giving out food vouchers or free soft drinks or whatever. Beer Fine. vouchers is what's required. <laughs> Lager vouchers. It's, I, I just think it's a... I, I don't like it. I think that's poor. No, that, the, that the price is... of a beer is the price of a beer. I mean, you're going to get the same beer there that you would get in a pub two miles down the road and there's a difference of, what, $10, $12 of a price. It's, it's shocking. And the PGA of America... Should I think hang their heads in shame for it? Eighteen. Would, would you pay eighteen dollars for a pint on expenses? Yes. Got you. Understood. <laughs> it is shaping. <laughs> Just giving the game away. It is shaping oh, up we're to not be. Meant to tell people that, are we? No, it's shaping up to be a fantastic tournament. As I say, the six or seven for me. Bryce is at seven. I'm sure we'll both get closer to ten. I was seven point six. Were you? Yeah. Good to know. Follow us on social media all this week for the latest news as it happens. Except Check. Michael and Thursday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you my review of Top Gun Maverick. I've already seen one five-star review from Empire Magazine. That yeah. gives me it's meant, it's meant to be brilliant. That's it. <sighs> Top Gun. Cannot wait. Brilliant. Follow the Bunker website as well for all of the latest news from the, the championship. Bunkered.co.uk. You can get us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all those places as well. I mentioned John Ram finding a bit of form. I mentioned there was more to come. And here's why. Podder of Merit. Last time out, three weeks ago, we were picking players for the Mexico Open. Bryce it was 8-7 to me. You got a win that week, didn't you? Did you? Yeah. Who, who did you pick that one? Can't remember. Who cares? Two points anyway. So you closed the gap from 8-5 to 8-7. You went for Abraham Answer, playing on home soil, finished in the tie for 42nd. He's let me down this year. I thought he was going to blossom this year and it's just not happened. You know what? It, it hasn't happened. Strange. I think he's been injured. Why are you picking him to win tournaments? That's a very, very good point. Exactly. I picked John Ram, and as I'll go back and listen to it, you'll you'll hear you'll hear the I discussion. But I said he seems angrier, but he's got to turn it around at some point. John Ram, incidentally, the most trolled golfer on social media. Yeah, that's nonsense. Surely this report came out yesterday. He's got thirty thousand positive comments on social media, as compared with twenty thousand negative ones. Uh, I ain't seen that, but fine, John Ram. Most trolled golfer. Perhaps that's why he's playing with a bit of an edge, a bit of anger. Because he's raging. Yes. Anyway, Mexico Open, he did turn it around. He did find that form that's been missing. And he won, Bryce. Two points for yours truly. And that was that. And that was that. Bryce, seven. Michael, the magical 10. So you flicked another pod in a minute. That is a 3-1 overall lead. How do you feel about that? It's not great. <laughs> but we are good at picking players. We really are. Should we should really gamble. Gambling, yeah. Because it's so easy. It's not reading, always gamble responsibly. I know. I was reading... Always gamble. I was reading this responsibly. morning... Responsibly. Yep. I was reading this morning US... <laughs> You're going to get us into so much. US gambling... It's like, why do they why why don't the American market just copy what everyone else does when it comes to gambling? You say what everyone else does. How do you know that they have twenty five to one in Germany? I bet they do. How much do you have? Yeah, I'll go into Paddy's. I, I, I know Paddy. what you're saying, but America's a, a bigger country, so you're gonna go into Paddy Power in Germany. Paddy Power Deutschland. Good luck with that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of know what you mean, though. All this plus 4,000 and plus 15,000. 25,000. What's that mean? Yeah. Just say 25 to 1. Well, I'll log in. Hold on. I feel yeah. like you're somewhat glossing over the fact that you've lost another podder. How did you change the language? Oh, it doesn't matter. I've got no money in my Paddy Power account. <laughs> Total disaster. So, 
It's now season five of Podder of Merit, event number one. Season five. And it is the USPGA Championship. And it's my honour. I am going for... What a surprise this will be. Okay, who do you think it is? <laughs> I, reckon you're, I reckon you're going to be trying to be a bit... Oh no, I know who you're going for. Go on then. Bet you're picking. Oh no, tell you what. Okay, write it down, that's fine. Don't let me see. I'm not going to let you see. Right, go. I am going for Justin Thomas. Box. Who did you write down? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thought about it. Thomas. But Thomas, Idiot. yeah. It's just the putting is the only is it? it's the only thing. But I back him to have a good week. I right, back okay. him to win the USPGA. Who are you going for? <laughs> Who do you think? Rory? <laughs> no. Scott Schiffler. Are you really? Yes. Back to back I majors. I need point. Back to back majors. He'll be the fifth player out with Tiger to do so in the last wee while. Right, okay, I was gonna say. Aye. That's Yeah, yeah, not since like Bobby Locke. <laughs> let me just let me just repeat that to you. He's going to be the there have been five players, or he'll be the fifth player since Tiger. Sorry, repeat what? Yeah. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Justin Ray must be absolutely shitting himself. <laughs> Superb. Let's just move on. I, I, honestly, on. though, I can't believe that you're picking Sheffield. Back-to-back majors would be extraordinary. Yep. He's the man. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Justin Thomas versus Scotty Scheffler. Honesty box. Well, it is the age-old question, Mr. Ritchie. Would you rather win the USPGA four times or the Masters once? That is really tricky. That's like saying, would you rather have Brooks Kepka's career or Danny Willett's? That's one way of looking at it. Sorry, I'm going to go four PGAs. Why? Because it's four major championships. We all know it's a couple of dodgy Masters winners. We're going to go there, but come on. But four PGAs. Does it Don't rhyme even with, go there? Does it rhyme with Schmeichmir? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Four PGAs. Interesting. I would go one Masters. Of course you would. Imagine yeah. calling yourself a Masters champ. All the, the tradition that goes with it. The funny thing is the USPGA has a champion's dinner every year and nobody cares. I know, but then you would be former you would be the former Masters champion, whereas you would be known as four time major winner. Yeah, I'm good with that. Four-time major winner's a big deal. What do you think Larry Mize would rather have? Don't know. <laughs> the fact you're saying you don't know tells me that you do. I don't you know, do. I've not asked him. You interviewed <laughs> him. Did you say to him, would you rather have four PGAs, Larry? Didn't come up. No, of course it didn't. No. I, I think I'll take the, nah, bollocks, masters. <laughs> <laughs> why? Okay, seriously, why have you changed your mind? you get the dinner and you get a jacket. You get that massive, is it the Wanamaker trophy for the PGA? Is you that, get a replica. According to yeah. Rich Beam, you get a replica. It's which huge. Is not, you know, to, to scale. I think it's like three-quarter side or something. Yeah. Still massive. Still massive. No. Having the jacket would be just, you can't beat that. You can't. And you get to go to Augusta for the rest of your days. Uh-huh. You can turn up in July and have the macaroni and bring some of your pals and play golf. I mean, that's just... You can play the par three. Aye. You know, you Amazing. There's just something different about the Masters. Would you rather win the USPGA six times or the Masters? <laughs> well, here's one. Would you rather win 19 PGAs or the Masters? 19 PGAs. 19 PGAs would be the greatest. Greatest golfer of all of time. Of all time. Well, it's like Rafa Nadal, isn't it? He won the French Open, what? 11 times? Something that? like that. You know, I, Not that I care. No, you wouldn't. But... Uh, no, I, in the context of the bigger question, yes, the Masters for me, I think, all day, every day. I, I'm going to say no disrespect to PGA. It, it kind of is a bit of disrespect. I get that, but the Masters what, what is about, just totally different. What about four PGAs, four players? Uh, four PGAs, because it's a major. You haven't thought that one through, have you? What about four ple- PGAs, four players, the Grand Slam of all the WGCs in the Scottish Open? Still give me the majors, thanks. <laughs> I mean, there's a clue in that, isn't there? 
Majors. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Dear me, please. Anyway, let us know what you would like to win. Would you rather have four PGAs or one Masters? Get in touch with us on social media, all the usual places. That is it for this week. Thank God, quite honestly. I know. <laughs> that was interesting. Apologies for my lack of voice. You can probably tell it is starting to go now, which is music to the ears of all the guys downstairs, I'm quite certain. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you to Callaway for coming on board. It only gets better, guys. It only gets better. <laughs> can't it get any worse. <laughs> and thank you to you for listening. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing this week, however you're enjoying the USPGA, you're in for a cracker, I'm certain of it. We'll be back next week to recap all of the action from Southern Hills. Until then, thank you for listening. Bye-bye for now.